0: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to the Agenda Podcast. I'm Ian Kroll and I'm joined by Connor O'Neill and I must apologise on Connor's behalf, who has been AWOL from the podcast for the past couple of weeks. Not, not AWOL,
1: working hard.
0: Working hard, is that yeah, what it is? Working hard, yeah. Well, you're some, so back.
1: Some of us have got to work hard, you know what I mean? So <laughs> You're, you're not back on your day off as well. I am back on my day off, yeah, which, you know... Shows commitment where what was probably lacking from Everton's team. I think the type of commitment on Sunday what we all also... saw.
0: If Everton's players only had your commitments, that's it. Well, you're out back on your day off, so uh, much appreciated for coming in. We did promise the listeners that the Agenda Podcast uh, would be recorded this week. Um, so yeah, this is the Agenda Podcast. This is the podcast where you send in the questions. You set the agenda. Got plenty of questions submitted via social media. I'll start the first one off, Connor, and it's from Anthony Roberts who asks Andre Gomez, have we rushed him back too early?
1: Um, it, It's a tough one, now, isn't it? Because you would imagine that there would have been a lot of medical checks and stuff that was, have been. I don't think it's a case of like, you know, the old, old fashioned days where the manager says to play, you know, can you run? You're okay you do if you know and you can't back and you, you do imagine there's a lot of sports science behind it and stuff like that I must confess he looked absolutely knackered on Sunday he looked you know but I don't know whether that was mostly with the fact that he'd basically been playing in midfield by himself <laughs> against you know a good team and, and was up against the young kid who was just rah it, wasn't he and that Billy Gilmore from the, from the first minute so I don't know whether it was a mixture of, of both in some respects and that he was up against you know up against it in the middle of the park, yeah. coming back um, but I think only the next couple of weeks it'll tell whether we've we've rushed them back um because the games will come thick and fast, and you know the opponents don't get don't get any easy duty. do so only time will tell, but I can't see it being a case of where we've we've indefinitely rushed them back, I think that's I think that's a bit wider the mark because you know even results prior to his you know his return to the team have been okay you know we we, we had one games of but it wasn't like we were solely reliant on. You we're know, coming in to rescue the rest of our season. So no, I, I don't think I don't think we have rushed him back. I just think he, he looked a bit fatigued, a bit tired. But like I say, you know, there's there's numerous reasons as to why he looked fatigued on Sunday. And, you know, the MG probably was one, you know, catching up with him and, you know, kind of there wasn't really much adrenaline, I don't think probably running through his body or, you know, not like the Man United game where it, you know it was fast paced in the second half we were right on the front foot eh, for large periods we were on the back foot for, for most, well, for pretty much all of the 90 minutes on, on Sunday's Stamford Bridge show, I think it was a multitude of things really, I don't think, we, I don't think you can really say we rushed him back, but only time will tell in terms of his, his actual fitness and how, how fit he is and, and how far he's still got to go, I mean, you, you got to look at Seamus Coleman if you remember when he first came back after his leg break and you remember that game against Leicester where he was just like the running machine was and he? he was absolutely superb and yeah. put a lot of people to shame that night, but then suffered a dip a couple of weeks later and Govich probably will do the same, but it's to be expected. You know, he's, he's come back from a horrific leg break. He's been on the sidelines for a long period of time. So hopefully, you know, he'll get back to fitting and he, he won't be playing central midfield by himself, which he was for large parts on Sunday.
0: I mean, the main positive, I suppose, you could take from it um, in terms of him coming back too early is that he hasn't picked up another injury. No. That suggests if he had picked up some sort of injury, you, would, you could then you know, you've got evidence to say, well,
1: he has been rushed back there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, touch was he doesn't pick up any of them injuries. And, you know, I think we've got two more games now, maybe before two week, the two-week international It's a isn't it, yeah? So, Norwich now or
0: not? Of game.
1: course, yeah, Norwich has been cancelled to the FA Cup. So I think it's one now, isn't it? I think one game then, yeah. the international break yeah. kicks in. Um, well, Dad. Yeah. early interna- yeah. uh, international break. So, you know, he's, he's, he'll get some time to recoup there and, and, and go again. You, you imagine? Okay, Anthony, I hope that answers your question. Next one. Uh, Sol B asks, what do you make of Rooney's upset at leaving Everton and repeating it numerous times, given the fans upset at the first time?
0: Good question. This, this was submitted, um, we haven't got the name of Sol, so it is Sol B, but this was submitted last week and I, I promised them on Twitter that it would be included in the Agenda podcast. Um, I think obviously it refers to Rooney's comments um, before the, the FA Cup game, yeah, wasn't it, it, with Manchester it, but, United? Yeah. I can't remember who, he, who it was with, um, but he definitely made the comments and saying he was kind of forced out of Everton. Um, I, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, it, it was a bit of a fairy tale, Rooney coming back to the club when he did. And, okay, it it, it he, he wasn't terrible, but it, it probably didn't work out in terms of how we all wanted it to work mm-hmm. out. And unfortunately, he was on mega money at the time um, when he joined you know and I, I think he took a pay cut from United to come to heaven but it was still still mega money and we needed to get rid of you know or reduce the wage bill and with his age and stuff like that I just think it was unfortunately it wasn't a, a match made in heaven was it really we, we, we wanted it to work and it didn't and he obviously feels a little bit aggrieved by it but the fans were aggrieved at the time when he when he left us all them years ago. And it was the right decision for Rooney to leave for his career because Everton were going nowhere at the time. They were certainly not going to be challenging for honors like the United team that he played for did. He's gone and you know earned his money with United's mega money. He's gone and achieved huge success in the game, won huge amounts of trophies, and he's, he, he came back in the hope that we could potentially you know challenge for the top four, win a trophy, and unfortunately it didn't work out like that. And it, Probably deep down, he's probably just gutted that he hasn't been able to, to win something with Everton. That's probably all it is, I think.
1: I mean, I, I actually, I always had a, a bit of a a, a different future, ever Tony's honest, because the first time around, as a young, young, young kid, when Rooney first left the first yeah. time, because it, it was a long time ago. People, we do forget how long ago it was, know. you know what I mean? It was, it, as a young kid, who you idolised Wayne Rooney and yeah. was obsessed with him, I was the most devastated, at the time, but on reflection, now, like you said, you can't knock him for leaving. And also, you know, the, the money that he brought into the club by leaving. And I think, you know, I think he earned an extra five million for the, for the club because the bonuses that were put into his, his deal when he first joined United, I think he achieved every one because United won the European Cup. Yeah. So I actually think on his return, he was a little bit hard done to. Yeah. I think he was certainly signed in that season where he showed class. I mean, you, you remember the, the West Ham hat he Scored, I think, 12 goals that season, did he? I think so. He, he did produce. Um, I don't think he was by no means the worst. I think he just got a little bit hung out to try because of his, his, wage, his wages more yeah. than anything. Um, and as, his age, and, probably, as well. Uh, yeah, I think if I he was think, a bit
0: younger, he would still be there despite the wages.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, he, he's obviously great, he's he's obviously right to be grieved, isn't he? Because you know, the day, it was his dream, and his, his dream didn't quite work well out the way it did. And, He's back now. He's done a bit of spell in the States, did he? And he's been obviously sure where, where Derby comes now. But I think deep down, we all know he would have wanted to end his career at Everton, do the three years or whatever he, he was open to do, kind of sell off into the sunset. But you no, know, it, it wasn't to be for him, absolutely.
0: Um, next question then from Matthew Barry. A lot of these next couple of questions, by the way, are transfer related, so some of them kind of intertwine um, with others. But obviously, like we say. You've submitted the question, so we will try and um, answer them as as best we can. So the next one from Matthew Barry, regular submitted of a question and um, one time appeared on the The View from a Gladstreet podcast. Matthew asks, Out of the current squad, Connor, which players won't we be able to find buyers for in the summer? I mean, take your pick.
1: That that's a real difficult one, isn't it? Because there's 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 always clubs who come in for players and you, you're baffled why and ones you yeah, have got anything someone coming for them and they never do so I don't I don't think we can name names because you just don't know um, I think you're, you're probably gonna sorry to interrupt but you, you
0: could probably say about 10 players on in that squad just off the top of my head 10 players you would suggest won't be there next season but Again, it's fine in the clubs. It's then,
1: then players who are on the higher wages because well, those that, clubs won't match it. I think that's the big that's the big issue, isn't it? I don't think it's as much we own fan buyers. I think them players who got lucrative deals, you know, they're on high money. Will they get their money elsewhere? It's the, it's probably highly unlikely. So I, I think you, you can't really name it and you can't name this because you don't know what. Every manager in every club has a different recruitment policy, don't they? You know, every manager will look for something different. You know, there's nothing to say someone who comes up in a, from the championship, might take a point on Guilfi Sigurdsson, but yeah, he was probably one of the first people who many Evertonians would put on that list and say, Well, no one's going to want to buy him, you know, he, he's useless type thing. So, we just don't know, do we? You can't everyone's different? I mean, you know, you look at like you, know, you look at something like Cucco Martin and people like that, we've all laughed and said, Oh, no one ever no one ever coming for him. Yeah, club have he has people have coming for him, you know yeah. what I mean? And yes, there's yet other players there who you think, Well, no one are coming for him if someone will come in for him, sorry, and they never do, you know, it's you know, even Ash. You no, know, he, he had deals from, it was a Forrest and Leicester, uh, Leeds United, sorry, s- supposedly, on the table in January, and opted against it, but yet you would never have imagined in a million years that, given what we've seen of Marney Ash, that two high-level championship clubs like Forrest and Leeds are, mm. would be interested, so yeah. you, you just don't know, and I think you can't really name players because you don't know what each club is individually looking for, and what, what what their recruitment policy is going to be?
0: Definitely a tough question to to answer, there,
1: like I mean, obviously you have to, you know, on Sunday when the whistle goes for full time, you probably want to eleven. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, any one of those could be out. <laughs> yeah. out the door, really. Hey, the next question from Callum Lapsley and Tom Weston: How many players do we drastically need to challenge for Europe in top four next season? And what positions do we need to be filled? three realistic transfer targets should be prioritised.
0: Yeah, just that, that question there. Callum and Tom kind of um, touched upon each other's questions, so um, I kind of combined it into one. I mean, realistically is obviously the key word. I don't think we're going to be able to, you know, go out in the transfer market and completely, you know, mm. change that squad, uh, or at least that first 11. You know, you're looking at probably three, four incomings. Um... And then you're looking at like Deadwood, trying to get, get rid of the Deadwood. But the, the issue that w- that we've got is that the Deadwood that that you're looking at in terms of like, of, say, Tosin and Snardlin and... Tum- well,
1: Tosin's probably going to be going nowhere, is he? because well, that's what I mean. His, his injury. That's and-
0: what I mean. He's injured now, Snardlin's injured. But they're the players who were considered Deadwood. They didn't even feature on, on mm. uh, Sunday. But,
1: but sorry, just to cut in, but no, on, on the flip side, like, you, you do look at like... Schneidlin in, in recent performances you know, against Crystal Palace, mm. um, against Chelsea and Ferguson's first game, I mean, he, was, he was brilliant. And if anything, he probably suits that 4 4 2 midfield role best than most others because he can naturally sit there. Who's this, sorry? S- uh, Schneidlin. You Schneidlin. Know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so, you know, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because on that current form of the Palace and the Chelsea game, he'd actually say he's Morgan Schneidlin's not only got a future at the club, but he could be pushing for a regular starting place
0: it's a tough one. Obviously certain players sit, you know, suit certain styles and Morgan Snyder, and I completely agree with you definitely kind of suits a a four four two. 2 where he can sit and, you know, hold and he is a good passer to the ball, you know, no doubt about that. But I think he doesn't, you know, really offer too much going forward. He just he, he just likes to sit. He's got one year left on his deal, has he? After after this season? Possibly, yeah. Depends how, you know, how quick he can come back from this injury, and whether Angelos he actually sees him as a an integral part of the team. I don't think he will be seen as an integral part of the team. It'll be squad player at best. Mm-hmm. Will he see his contract at, and keep in and the wages that he's on, and then you know go and get another lucrative deal somewhere else? Probably his last last year because he's not going to get a top mm-hmm. six side. Might go back to France potentially. Um, we've kind of moved away from the question there, but in terms, of uh, how many players do we do we need? I, I, I think. You know, you, realistically, I think it's probably three or four top top players that, that we need, at least to challenge for the top six. Mm. Because, you know, the top six of all that, you know, minus you know, Liverpool and probably City of all that, bad seasons, really. They're not going to be this bad
1: again. And they're well, they're, they're gonna all going to strengthen, aren't they? You know, that that's what we're up against, isn't it, effectively? You know, the big thing for me is, you know, they're realistic, you know. We don't know, do we, what what is realistic because we don't know what money's going to be available to Kyle Ancelotti. We don't know, you know, what approach we're going to make. Financial fair play as well. Of course, yeah. And I think as well, you know, again, it's it's personal opinion, isn't it? Because, you know, there's there's people out there who say we need a goalkeeper. Jordan Pickford's not good enough. There'll be other people who say, well, actually, no. Jordan Pickford's the best goalkeeper we've got available at the minute. You know, we'd be mad to let him go because we're not going to get anyone better for the position that we're in. So I think for me, it is really like... It's almost like personal opinion. And I think until we really know what the club's kind of financial aspirations are in terms of how much they're willing to spend, how mm. much, you know, the willing to kinda of put on the table and go for it. We, we you can't really say what is realistic, can you? Because for all we know, we you know, share, could be plotting a, a hundred million pounds we put a top centre for who's who he's gonna give two hundred and fifty grand a week to, which then realistically it changes the whole perfection of the type of forward you 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 expect us to target, wouldn't you? But I think until we know that it's it, it's it's hard. But one thing is for certain, there's there's no getting away that we, we do need improving. And even, you know, next year it's gonna be almighty tough to get the, to break the top six again. Because you just cannot you know, you, you one imagines Liverpool, no bad looks for it, could get team aware, which mm-hmm. you know you think of how good their firepower is already. City, you, you, you can't help but expect wholesale changes in, in, in key areas. United will probably go out and strengthen again. Arsenal, Chelsea will will probably strengthen again. Spurs, Marino, but they'll definitely be looking to spend money, you know. So you're up against it, aren't you? Because, you know, it's not just this. They're not going to be walking in with this type of squad. Mm. They're going to be coming in with a new fresh bunch of players ready to go in. And that's what we're up against if we are going to, you know, Break the strangles of the traditional top six, top four.
0: We haven't even taken into account keeping all of our better players, uh, exa- Ie. Uh, Charlison. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. I mean, I know, you know. Again, the cynical Evertonian and, yeah, you know, all they've they've signed new deals and stuff like that. Yeah. We've seen in football many times before. Mean I mean, anything, I mean, it just does doesn't mean anything, does it? You know.
0: Um, next question is from Ben Crawford. Which kind of is the we've kind of answered that Ben, who has appeared on the View from Gallery Street this week, has just asked how many transfers do you expect this summer, and how would how many would. Needed to achieve Carlo's ambition, so I think we've kind of touched yeah. upon that. So next question from Rob Brownlow: Given how slow our midfield looks, with Gilfy being a passenger, what would you do to shore up the midfield while we wait for the transfer window? So obviously in the in the immediacy,
1: well, there's, there's not much we can do, is there? because like like we lose to today. You know, Morgan obviously out injured, and I think you know he probably played big pass in the middle of the fields. Self mm. um, injured is he? Well, that was on the bench, I think, the weekend, hmm. was he? So, but again, he's kind of not really made a, a mark, has he? don't think to Carol Lancho was he, Fabian Delphi's been in and out, hasn't he? he's, not, he's not really nailed down a place. I think there's, there's there's nothing really we can do apart from just see how it goes and, and try and manage the best we can, you know? It's a, it's a really good question, it's one which I kind
0: of was thinking about before we came on here. and. Um, the only way you're shoehorning Gylfi Sigurdsson, you're not really shoehorning him in this way, but you, the only way you're getting gilfie in this team is by playing a three-five-two. But then it'll come on to the next question from um, Chris Voigt, who talks about not playing Sidibe um, for the derby on Monday. But basically what I mean is if we play a 352 you've obviously got your three centre-backs, you'll have your your full backs as you you, you know your wing backs mm-hmm. essentially and then you'll have your three centre midfielders and if Sigurdsson's going to be in that team it's with Gomez another player and then Sigurdsson, who could then potentially play as a number 10 that's the only way for me that it works because he, he can't really play in a 4-4-2 he's not the type of sniper player and he's been played left side of the midfield he's played right side of the midfield and quite clearly that's not working so mm-hmm. the only way of getting around that is by playing a 3-5-2 but then you've got to play probably Sadibi and Chris White in the next question. Doesn't want us to play Sadibi in the derby, so we don't know how you get around it.
1: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's the million dollar question. You no, know, minute, we've just got to deal with the, the hand we've been dealt with, and it's as simple as that. And I think going into Chris's question of, you know, can you play Sadibi if Sheamus is out? Well, we've got very little option but not to play Sadibi. I mean, it is a worry playing Sadibi because we've seen against the top sides this season. He struggles, I mean... Defensively, he's completely inept. You know, you, you look at the, the the derby back in December when he was hauled off after, was it was 34 minutes because Sadio Mane just absolutely destroyed him every time he got the ball and he, he could not get near him. Yeah. I mean, I you felt know,
0: sorry for him and that, that was all down to Michael Silva's tactics. It though. was, but
1: you know, I think what's not helped Sidibe since then is that... That's not proved to be one isolated least instance. No, I it's think. not. <laughs> you no, know, he's he struggled. Was it Manchester? He struggled against Arsenal. You know, he struggled against Chelsea. It's, it's not. It, unfortunately for him, it's not that one sole game, is it? Where you kind of no. go, oh, well, you know, he wasn't dealt by the manager. That there's been you no know, other signs of that this season. Um, so I think you know, answering Chris, Chris's question in, in the same manner, there's nothing we can do because you just dealt with the the you plays, but aren't you?
0: He's only looked good, Sadibi, when he's played kind of right wing, mm-hmm. and he's had Coleman as the right back. You know, you look at the, he's had one or two assists, hasn't he? Yeah. So that's what I mean. Everyone says, oh, he he looks good going forward, but it's when he's had
1: no cover. It's one on one defensively, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
0: He's been poor. But even, even some of the, you know, on Sunday afternoon, I felt like he was, some of his passes went astray. Simple, easy passes and controlling of the ball as well. Whether that's just down to, you know, concentration, I think it's now becoming quite apparent why Monaco Will be quite happily mm. accept twelve million pound for him. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one, and I don't want to like go in on him and like be slagging him off because I'm not. I think he's been, I think he's been solid up to a point. I, I think the derby obviously was a was a
1: low point of the season for him, and it's kind of just you know. Well, I think I think it goes back to 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 you know, the questions alien and stuff and that you're almost you know we're talking about ways to improve, ways to break the top six, break the top four eventually. Ways to you know go move forward, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. His having to DBA full-back, the way to move forward because I think we've seen this year is yeah, he's good to a certain point, but he's probably not good enough to take us to that next level and not good enough. You know, you, you look at someone like you know, Aaron Wambasaka, for instance, at, at you know, Man United absolutely had still in his back pocket on Sunday. Mm. You know, one on one defensively was absolutely outstanding. Didn't don't get he got beat once by Sterling all afternoon. And that's it's the type, stealing, I thought. But I know, but that's the type of the, that's the type of defender you need in them big no, yeah, games yeah. when it matters most and you're going for the top prizes. You need that one on one individual battle. You need to win. City Bay's not winning enough for them this year in the big games when it's mattered most. And if anything, they've really struggled in other aspects of the game. He's not mobile enough to be it. So a, you know a, a, a back and forth
0: fullback. If you yeah. if you look at the best right backs in the Premier League in terms of Trent Alexander Arnold and like one of the, um, Adam Bissaka, they they're not huge. Um, they're quite don't they're built, but they're, they're quite skinny as well, and they can get back and forth, and yeah. down the field quite easily. And they're very very mobile. He's not he's not like that at all. The
1: Royal Blue Podcast
0: from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast.
1: Okay, the next question from Leon Pearson. I'm dead serious. I think Guilfi has a play or pay contract, i.e. if he's available, he doesn't play Play the club, it's penalised in some way. There is no way he's in our best 11. Why does he play every week? Well, I, think, <laughs> 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 obviously a bit of tongue-in-cheek from Leon there. I don't, I don't think
0: he is on a play or pay contract. I just think yeah, very little other options at the moment. I, I agree. Carlo probably shouldn't be trying to shoehorn him in, 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 the, in the side in terms of... Left side and right side. Um, he's taken a, a lot of flack, isn't he, at the moment, and probably a little bit justified. But again, he's being asked to do something that is not dance That is not his strength. Is it? No. It's it's a difficult one. I I don't want to be slagging players off because I know he's taken a lot on social media from fans, and I think we. It's all ifs and buts. But if he'd scored that goal against United last week, we'd all be probably thinking. We love, we'd be loving Guilfian because mm. we were the 1-2-1 against United. Okay, didn't happen and he's had, he's gone. Not just him, the whole team has had a poor game against Chelsea. So if you're going to pick on Guilfi, you need to pick on everyone else. Really. Exactly, yeah. Okay, next question from Stephen Grady, um, a New Zealand fan here. Should I bother getting up at 3am in New Zealand to watch this dross?
1: Well, Stephen, I've got one message for you, mate. Keep the faith. <laughs> I agree.
0: <laughs> Keep the faith. Set that alarm for... 2.45, 15 minutes to get yourself awake. 3am o'clock, three kick-off in New Zealand. Keep the faith, let's do it. Derby match next.
1: Like <laughs> what <But, but> I'm <laughs> saying after the Derby. Don't blame us for the Kepi. I know you need you
0: probably need your beauty sleep.
1: Uh, Carl Bloxman asks, why can't we just be average all season? I can't take these ups and downs. Also, Chris Wood got one against Spurs. He
0: did. What a, what a player this Chris Wood's turned out to be. Um, Carl, what can I say? Um, in terms of being average all season, we've been, we haven't just been average all season, we've been average for the past 20, 25 <laughs> years. So... I think it's uh, we're just used to it now. I, I agree in terms of the ups and downs, but we sometimes I think Everton fans do get themselves let themselves get a bit carried yeah. away in terms of expectation. Obviously, since Carlos come, it's it's certainly been at, um, certainly been better since Silver's day. We've picked up points, we've scored goals, and the defense kind has been a little bit solid. Um, I think I mentioned it in the in the fan podcast this week. P- potentially, the Wofford game papered over a few cracks Mm -hmm. because after that game we kind of, you know, the momentum was there and then we obviously, we went into um, the Arsenal game and we thought if we can win these we're we're, we're like slap-banging the fight for for European football so the expectation had risen and now it's just obviously um, it's gone. So, I don't want to just be average all season. Uh, I don't want to be up and down either. We obviously want to be challenging for top four. We want to be challenging for the league. We want to be challenging for trophies. I think... As we've just said with Stephen Grady there, we need to, to keep the faith and Chris Wood. I still wouldn't target him as a, as a player Everton. Should be looking forward in the summer. Sorry, Carl. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's, it's going to be to the point where Chris Wood scores like 30 goals in one season. It's like, well... Put,
1: put your football knowledge to shame. It
0: prob- probably will, yeah. <laughs> Next <laughs> question from Rick Eckloff. What are your expectations over the rest of the season?
1: Just try and pick as many points up as we can. Finish as high as we can. Yeah. Lay some foundations and building blocks for next season. That's I think that's all it can be, isn't it? You know. Yeah. That's.
0: Carlo's obviously assessing each individual, and you know, I'm sure behind the scenes he's doing a lot more than what's on the pitch as well. So,
1: well, I think you know, obviously, you know, struggled the weekend, and we have had games where we have struggled. But I think Carlo's made strides in, in a short time he's been here. I think you know, I think you look at the way we attack, we, we get more bodies forward. It's just, I know them, you know, I mean, I've never seen a team four by, you know, be on the wrong, be so against the kinds of, the small margins of football. I mean, you know, you look at, you look at the day the weekend, you know, we barely touch the ball in 25 minutes, yeah. half an hour. Yeah, the first chance we get possession, we carve Chelsea right open and I'm going to carve it and make it 2-1. Yeah, the ball that changes the game. The complete, ball rolls like, on You know, you're thinking there, if it goes 2-1. Chelsea, you know, you're probably thinking, yeah, we've dominated here now, you know. Everton have got to go back from nothing. You know, small margins, Man United, Gylfi Sigurdsson, you know, if you put it two, two three yards either side of the gate, it's probably a goal. Small margins, again, you know, it's... It, it, lately, we just, you know, he <laughs> can't see he's always on the wrong side of the small margins. football. Yeah. So I think moving forward, you've just got to put as many points on the board as we can finish as high as we can and lay some solid foundations moving moving into next season. Yeah, it has been
0: frustrating but I,
1: I completely agree with that. Ashley Stewart asks, my question is with financial fair play, how much will we have to spend on plays this season?
0: Um, unfortunately, I'm not um, Everton's financial um, director or executive so it's, it's completely up in the air, isn't it? I think, you know, we will be in the Premier League this season, so we'll have you know Premier League you yeah. know, money and stuff like that. So I don't think that's that's an issue. Um, I, I don't think we're going to have any more than we've had over the past couple of seasons, really, unless we're going to be you know looking to you know get rid of a couple of assets. Really, I, I think we just need to be very, very clever in who we're going for, and the fact that we've got Carlo Angelotti now as our manager, you know, you're hoping that he's going to be able to attract hidden gems really and players that might necessarily not have come mm. to, to Goodison in, in, in the first place financial fair play is obviously going to um, restrict us to, to an extent I, I just hate financial fair play I don't think it works I just think it's uh, you know that's uh, a whole different show I it, it, is, it <laughs> is it's, it's, it's a ploy to you know get to keep the the big name teams at, at, at the top of uh, European football um, but who knows you know usnov might have in the, in the near future anyway, some sort of say about how we uh, how we fund the club and hopefully it will uh, progress on from there. But yeah, I can't really answer that actually, unfortunately, because I don't know. But I think we will have money to spend in the summer. I just don't think it's going to be, you know, in the hundreds of millions like most fans would would want. Next question from Tonda Groff. With nothing to play for, um, does Moise Keane get handed a much bigger run in the side for the rest of the season?
1: It's a difficult one, this because I I think Phil Kirkbride, you know, the Liverpool echoes everything, corresponds he, he touched on it saying it's a bit of a conundrum now for Carl for Ancelotti moving forward because whilst we kind of haven't got nothing to play for if being realistic, being realistic and, and honest, you 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 know, I think about, do you still just put them in or do you still do you let the, the partnership between Charleston, Dominic Calvert-Lewin continue to blossom and continue to work together and and improve. It's a real difficult one. I mean, I would like to see him give him a a much more run in in the team because I think we've got to start to see something from somewhere moving forward. Um, But it's a real difficult one and it's probably explained why Carlo Ancelotti is paid to be a football manager and I'm not because I'm I'm really unsure, to be honest. I I can't make my hands up. I see pluses and negatives as to both reasons, why you would and why you wouldn't. I think it depends, if I'm being honest, I think it depends what Carlo is thinking next year in terms of moving forward. Whether he's prepared to sort of say, well, actually, we're going to start the season with Calvert-Lewin and Charleston up top and they're going to be partnership. Then, unfortunately, that probably means Moise Keane's not going to get much more of a look than what he has so far. Because why would you bother messing around with something that? Going to revert back to what it is next season. Um, if Carl Charlson looks at the way and thinks, well, actually, no, I want to bring it forward. I want to bring a forward in the summer. Mm. And Charles could possibly go back on the left. Then yeah, most keen saying the desire of a chance moving forward.
0: I think you have hit the nail on the head. Certainly for for the rest of this season, at least. You know, the one positive to take from the past couple of months has been the partnership between Richarlison mm. and Dominic carver lewin So everything else has kind of just been, you know. Bank average or l- less yeah. than bank average. So why why split up something that has, has flourished in terms of Richarlison and Dominic Calvert Lewin? If if that partnership or we weren't scoring goals, then I think there'd be more cause for Keane to to be getting in that side. You know, he, he came on against Chelsea on Sunday, and okay, he's fighting a losing battle, but he did nothing. He didn't do absolutely anything. Mm. Um, I'm not slagging him for it. I just, you know, he didn't really make that much of an impact. But unfortunately for he's Keane, Richarlison, Dominic Carver-Lewin have, have played very well and been scoring goals. So you can't just, you can't just throw him in. If Keane was a midfielder and wasn't getting a chance, then I'd be like, well, give him a chance over Sigurdsson. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just I just don't think you can split up that partnership at the moment between Keane and Dominic, um, Richarlison and Dominic Carver-Lewin. Okay, they didn't score on Sunday, but, you know, we got the opportunity Dominic didn't take his chance, but mm. I think for the rest of the season, keep that partnership together, and they they will score goals. Keane potentially could come on and have some sort of an impact with fifteen twenty minutes to go, if we're still in a shout with getting a result. We went against Sunday, so on against Chelsea on Sunday, so it was kind of a a dead a dead substitution. It was not on. It was just to give him some minutes, really, wasn't it? In my opinion.
1: Well, it it goes. I mean, as a conversation, with mate the man after the game and. And he was of the opinion that for the rest of the season, pretty much Mason Holgate should play central midfield away from home mm. because he was saying he, he's only one who can go in there with a bit of defensive, a defensive mindset. Sitting in front of the back four not allow us to get played through the lines like we have been in recent weeks. But again, that goes back to the thing of, well, sure, it's not it's not, it's not irrelevant because Holgate's now signed a new deal. He's probably going to be the, the mainstay centre after the rest of the club. So why move him out that position into another position move him <laughs> But it's it's, it's needs
0: must needs most in terms yeah. of what, what will work well because it has worked. Holgate in that yeah, I'm yeah. not I, I know he's a central uh, defender and he will be a central defender for the rest of his career, but why not try it? Why not try
1: that? Mm. But then like the flip side as someone will say, Well, a keen a mean, keen are too slow as a as yeah. back forward, they get not get caught. Like. So um, it's all it's it's it's, it's, it's all doesn't... could and would a should, isn't it? You know, you know, could we do this, should we do this? It's it's easy to sit here and say, is it? But to actually you know, put putting into practice on a football pitch is yeah. a lot harder. There's no easy answer to it, is there? Finally, from Ian Ferguson, do you think this Everton squad could cope with European football?
0: Um, I think the squad, in terms of size, could cope with European football. I think we need to remember that this season, I was speaking about it actually with Phil Kirkbride um, before Everton's press conference on Friday, but the, the pre Chelsea. Um, match, we've had so many injuries this season, mm. unlucky injuries. I, I can't remember a team, or I don't know another team who's had so many long term injuries and, and niggling injuries. Mm. So, I think squad wise, I think Brands has, has actually come out and said anyway that he wants to reduce the size of the squad. Yeah, so in terms of squad size, without a doubt, we should be able to cope with European football. In terms of quality, you know, no, we. We wouldn't be able to cope. We we might get through a group stage of a, a Europa League and then maybe get to through a knockout stage. But it's uh, I think in, in terms of reference to that, it's probably quality and and numbers. Mm. Quality no,
1: numbers yes. I think unfortunately as well, Ian. And I don't mean to base your European football bubble, but I think it's irrelevant really it? now because <laughs> I, think, I. I think we will. I think the, the the thing we need to look at now is. Building a squad next season to go in to challenge for Europe and then look at getting one like a cup with the demands of European football. Mm. Because I, I don't think this squad right now, this minute, is good enough to chance for European football, let alone compete in the competition, if if you know what I mean. So yeah. I think this the focus needs to be on players who could get us in them places to then look at it and say, Well, now we're in there. This is what we need to do to make sure that we're at the, you know, the quarter final, semi-final, knocking on the door at them stages, not kind of or we've gone to Europa League, and then after two games going, oh, well, we're going to play a weekend team tonight because, you know, we've got a big game Sunday and, you know, we've got a couple of knocks, or then then we do play a strong team on a Thursday, and then on a Sunday it's, you know, a weekend team and we get beat, like we've seen in the past, and it's, you know, we're struggling to cope with the demands of of Thursday-Sunday football. So I think, personally, we need to get a squad first that can get us into them competitions because... Like we've seen this year, this squad's not even good enough to get us in the Europa League, let alone challenge for the Champions League. So we need to get a squad first like that has got players with real ability who can take us to the next level, and then we can start looking at saying, "Well, let's get one or two maybe squad fringe players who could easily fill fill the gaps type thing and and, and be good enough to come in, do a job, and then and then potentially drop back out."
0: Yeah. Well, all right. Well, good questions. Finish off but before we do finish off the agenda podcast. The derby on Monday. Quick prediction from you, Connor. 1-1, <sighs> um,
1: one, one.
0: One, one. Going positive. I think I said we get be two one in the day. the fan podcast this week, so I can't change that. One one. Are you gonna be watching it? Of course, yeah, yeah, of
1: course. You know, I don't see why. <laughs>
0: Even if Liverpool goes champions
1: or win the league, potentially a chance of winning the league, Coulson. Well, we can just hope that Man City get the job done. This. Wednesday night and the weekend. Because um, I don't think anyone wants to It's irrelevant
0: to either way, they're gonna win the league, aren't they?
1: Yeah, if you just don't want them winning it like that, we're still going to go to Since Year and them being crowned. I mean it will probably be most you know, in this long running saga that is, you know, Everton football club who tend to write their own chapters in, in history, it would just be another chapter in in the in the recent, you know, only Everton, yeah, only Everton section, wouldn't it? So no, I think I think it'll be one one. I think I think we can all you know, get a point, I think. I don't think we'll, we'll be good enough to keep clean sheets if, if I'm being honest, I think. But I, I think we could get at, we can get it down. So they haven't looked very good at the back eastern recent weeks. 'cause they've looked a little bit ropey um, and obviously they've got a massive game as well. Wednesday before, haven't they? You know, being to see how well they do and how much that game takes out of because it's it's absolutely huge.
0: All right, Connor. Uh thank you. Um Gender podcast is back and hopefully we'll be back soon On a,
1: a much more positive note next time around, hey, let's hope.
0: Let's hope so. Um, you have been listening to the Agenda podcast on the Royal Blue podcast channel.
1: You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo.